money che can change power gaps. Because eventually if someone doesn't have money or doesn't have access to capital, the best payments option, he have gaps compared to someone else who have the access to us. So we're looking on how we can shift power or spread the power even in the industry. So we learned to small to medium-sized businesses within the agricultural supply chain. And it's super important that with our capital, they can compete with the bigger guys. They can be able to get the best product in order to sell and to fulfill their, their orders. So their problem is that they are squeezed. Their margin is the smallest. The access to products which they are trading with the hardest because they short in cash. How we can shift the power additions towards them and allow them to, to compete and become better. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Purpose Driven Fintech Podcast, where we learn how to build fintech products, customer and commercial impact, because we are on a mission to eliminate financial stress. My guest today is Shadon Ben-Or, co-founder and CEO at Avenues. Avenues is building the first financial super app for the agriculture industry, catering the 2.5 million agriculture SMEs across sub-Saharan Africa. They empower businesses with access to capital and tools that allow them to understand and manage their business better and source all the business services they need all in one place. We discuss why fintech in agriculture matters, the pain points in the sector, and why solving problems in product is not enough. Instead, we should focus on value. Shadam has an impressive mindset and has created a collaborative high-performance culture, so we also deep dive into his mind. If you enjoyed this episode, it could mean the world. Just subscribe and give it a follow so that we can have more impact. And remember, connecting YouTube or LinkedIn to keep the conversation going. Hi, Shalom. It is an absolute pleasure having you in the show. It's Monica. It's such a pleasure of, like, to have this conversation with you. I was really looking forward to this moment to have this, this chat and I'm excited. Likewise, because like we met and we have a chat and then at the end I was like, you've got a very strong mindset. Not only you're an, an entrepreneur, right? All the entrepreneurs have a strong mindset, but I was like, I like the way that you think. So I was really looking forward to this chat. Thank So I want to start in that because, yeah, you do come across as a strong man as such. And we all know that strength sometimes comes from pushing through the rough times. And we all have like tough times. So that's how I want to start. What's your mindset when it comes to failure and going through the difficult times? A tough question to start with. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I was an athlete. So until the end of high school, basically, I was doing judo. So very, like you, you're alone. So you're in the ring with your competitor and you need to deal with it. You need to win. And when you lose, you lost. Not the team lost. No one, like, it's like you yourself you're the one who lost and i think my coach and i we usually what we did is that we celebrated wins but we we acknowledge losses you lost because and you go why you lost and you understand that losing is important it's not mm -hmm. something you need to avoid 
something, it's really important for you to become better in what you do. Because if you're not losing, it means you're not pushing yourself. You're not competing in the right competitions. You're not in the level that suits you. And once you lose, now you have the opportunity to learn and become better. Now, we always want to win and you will do whatever it takes in order to win. But when you lose, that's fine. Let's put you in perspective. Let's understand and let's fight. And there is more, like, there is an important fight which win and you're going to win. And there is the ones that you can lose. And if you lose, that's fine. And I think yeah, I like this that. perspective is really important because you try and win everything. But understand what is important, what is not that important. And yeah. if you lost in and I'm not that important fight, take it, understand why, use it to fuel your, your, your ability to become better. Yes. I like that approach because sometimes when we struggle, that it's the tough times. It's not like we're losing in a competition. It's just like life is tough. But at the same time, if we use that mindset that it's, it's tough because I'm losing on my ability to manage the situation better, then you're like, oh, I just learned something. And therefore you can make those tough times easier slash better to cope with. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think eventually like when you're an entrepreneur, when you build something, you're not in a sprint and you're not, you don't have a direct line up. You have a mixed line go up and down sometimes simultaneously, your personal life, your business life, you're so much that's going on. And if you like, you need to win everything. And if you, if you didn't win, it's the end of the world. Then it's like you, you in a, you don't have any, it's really hard to celebrate small wins that way. Because everything, every time that you want something, you, no, you diminish it. You said, no, it's what's very small. The important is up in front of us, let's continue and not celebrate. Because continue like expecting to win will not get you to anywhere. And I think, understand, like losses is super important only to, to, to cope with it. But also I think through understanding that you can lose the win is much more sweeter. And then when you have these small wins, it's, it's the, it's the few that get you, that let you going. Yes. I like that. Really good perspective, which I'm like, that's a beautiful way to start the episode. <laughs> Just first two minutes somewhere like, boom, <laughs> straight into it. You now I know that you have also a sports background and an entrepreneurial background. What's the piece of advice that you wish? somebody gave you when you were younger when it comes to your career or your business and i got so many so many advice which i, I should have listened when you start when you start a company everyone go everyone telling you look the marathon you need to you need to you need to prepare yourself not a year it's not two years it's it's a journey and i think i I understood, I did understood how, like, when you start, you have a very fluid understanding of time. Like you say, yeah, five years, fine. Easy. 
five years from now, we're going to be there. But then these five years, it's when you're in there as an entrepreneur, it's like, it's a long five years. <clears throat> and you understand <laughs> that you committed to something. So it's, I was going to contradict myself because if I would understand, I may not, I would maybe, would just, I would done different stuff, which I think my past and my, my career so far, it's great. And I cherish it. I advise that I should have listened, but not listened is like that it's a marathon. It will take time. So I think the one piece in this advice that I would maybe take more seriously is to enjoy enjoy like the um, the beginning enjoy the small moments like it's so hard to start but there is so much fun stuff there and there is so much you no know, really important events that happen to you and you when you start your first money like your first like you raise the first money even if it's twenty thousand dollar it's it's like someone that's living in you use twenty thousand dollar Yes, your goal is to raise millions, but like you just raised twenty thousand dollars for an idea. It was a slide. Someone gave it to you, it's in your bank account. Celebrated. Celebrated hard. I think the advice was it's a journey. Embrace the journey and celebrate the and cherish the small stuff. Cherish the um, the the milestones, the bad and the and the good. Good. Yes. Yeah, you're right. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in celebrating the little wins. I call them micro wins because yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's the it micro wins that make, that make the difference. It's not just the, wow, big trophy. No, it's a micro win that, that shows you the, that there's progress and that keeps you going because like you say, it's a marathon. Yeah. So this podcast is about basically how can we create an industry that is more purpose-driven and creating products that have impact. In your opinion, what's the role of purpose in the industry and how can we make it better? I think it's, uh, it's super important, especially in today's uh, environment where we see that like good to have financial services are just doesn't have a solid business model. And I think when I look on, on the solutions and the product we bring into the market, we look for, for three different components. One is the, the value we bring to, to our client. Like for, from our perspective, when we lend to a client, eventually when we give him the money, when he pays us back, he needs to have more money in his pocket. It cannot. It cannot be that he would pay us and he were left with less money. So, and it's not a, it's not a vague value. It's, it's a really, it's, it's a, it's a really strong value. It's okay. We give you money. When you pay us back, you have more money in your pocket, like straight. It's not like you need to search for the value. It's not like you really enjoyed from the experience. Therefore you had value or you got it very fast. This is your, no, your value is that you have more money than us. Our value and your value is similar. Like it's based, it's based, the basics are the same. 
I think first is like looking on the value you bring to, to your client. As second is about, it's about solving problems, but I think solving problems should come in. I think money cha- can change power gaps because eventually if someone doesn't have money or someone doesn't have access to capital or someone doesn't have the best payments option, he have gaps compared to someone else who have the access to us. So what we're trying to understand or when we look on problems, we're looking on how we can shift power or spread the power even in the industry. So we working with the, within the agricultural supply chain and we always, when we lend to the businesses there, so we lend to small to medium sized businesses within the agricultural supply chain. And it's super important that with our capital, they can compete with the bigger guys. They can be able to get the best court, the best product in order to sell and to fulfill their, their orders. So we're looking on their problem is that they are squeezed. They have the, 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 their margin is the smallest. The access to products, which they are trading with the hardest because they short in cash, how we can shift the power difference towards them and be their added value, allow them to, to compete and become better. So I think like when you look on problems that you want to solve, see how you can shift the, the power gaps, see how you can bring a solution to someone who is like in a, in a, in a position that through financial services, he can become much better. He have much more power, banking power, ability to do more, etc. I think the third point is about the market because we in the global economy, when startups are think, uh, because we are the riskiest and we are the, the boldest as well, we should go to markets that have a massive risk and a massive reward next to it. And I think currently for, for us, especially like we walk in Africa, currently we in Kenya, it's really rare in Israel that a company will say our market is in Africa. This is what we're going to do. This is what we believe. Most of the, the different fintech companies looking on the global, on the Western world, trying to to do very important things and shift the needle, but eventually everyone go to the same place. And I think because we are the riskiest and we are the boldest, let's go to the, the untapped market. Let's open them. Let's see how we can change the product and how we can and demonstrate that there is like really high returns in this market. So like Think about, think about your market when you deploy your product and when you want to expand, think about not the, the less risk, smaller margins, massive markets. Okay. We're good at scale. Fine. It's great business model. It's fine. But in Africa or in the riskiest, the riskier markets, you can do it in a smaller scale, higher margins. It's, it's, it's balanced up 
Makes sense. So I think the way the way I see the industry coming coming along and evolving and bringing more impact is first of all think about your clients and the value you give them. I, I believe the the company and the client should have the same basics and get the same value. Second, see how you can shift the the power through financial services because I think power power is not even distributed. And, and financial services mm-hmm. are key to distrib- to have a way lever like way the way better and balanced power distribution. And third, think about the market, the where you can create the best returns, and yet yeah, take more risk, be more be bolder. I love I love all of it. And it's the first time that I hear about power and power dynamics. I, it's, and you have a very good point. It's like our customers, in your case, like customers in the agriculture sector, it's, yeah, you're giving them a loan, but your expectation is that because of that loan, they will be better in life, in their business. Therefore, the power dynamics will even out a little bit more so that by the time they pay back, they are better. I love. I love that ethos. Thanks. And it's part of our like risk, risk engines and everything. Eventually, when when we look on the agriculture industry, so we what we see is that in trading environments, put aside agri, the ones who hold the commodity is the one who set the price, is the one who set the dynamics in the market. Then you move to agriculture and. The ones who have the products, which are the farmers, have zero power. Then the one above them yes. have some power, but the one who buy have the the, the all of the all of the powers oh. is the one who buy. And while we are not so, we are not targeting farmers, we're targeting the level above farmers. We really believe that if they will have what we're seeing currently in the results, like give them the capital, give them the best financial services they they can possibly receive, which is include payments, understanding up our, our, on their margin, how they should do their business, make them better businesses, give, and give them the access to capital they need, and they will win. They will become better. They will be able to negotiate better on prices, get better products. And, 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 and so I really, it's not just me believing it. Like our fundamental uh, alignment. Awesome. And I think we're like full on in the conversation and we haven't talked about avenues as such. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, agriculture, decent, fintech. And can you tell us what do you guys do? And then how did you come up? How did you come up with the idea? Sure. So, Avenues is the financial super app for the agriculture industry. We here to serve the 2.5 million agriculture, small to medium-sized businesses across the African continent. Currently, we're doing Kenya. Our clients mm-hmm. businesses who serve the farm. So, which either they sell them the agricultural inputs the farmers need in order to plow the land. So, chemicals, animal feed, you name it. They have stores. We give them the capital to stock up and be able to to sell forward to the farmers. And the other side of our customers are the traders, the aggregators, the small millers. Basically, the the immediate market for the farmers 
This is our second segment of client. While we divided into two segments, there is very many varieties of businesses because we are across the agriculture supply chain. So we have businesses who deal with animals or animal feed or uh, animal as a whole, dairy, meat, you name it, commodities such as maize, soybeans, etc., and fresh. So from avocados to tomatoes, all of it. And what we, what we build in order to serve this wide variety of clients is that we have a very sophisticated underwriting capabilities that taking into consideration mm. the uniqueness, the agriculture industry and the uniqueness of the business. So we understand the commodity risk, the value chain risk that these businesses help share with them. And by doing it, we can, and we are providing capital in like as short as two days, we can provide a hundred thousand dollars in two days. And we do it through our app. So the way, the way we structure it is that we believe the new wave of financial services are not one silver bullet. So it's not just, Hey, I'm doing only payments or Hey, I'm doing only lending or I'm doing only new banking. The current customer base, they need everything. They need to be able to bank with the startup company or the idea company that give them the, the loans or give them the payments infrastructure. So what we did is that we bundled everything into one app, basically allowing our clients to choose the amount of services they would like to get from us. So we're giving them all the options, including the ones we are not lending to. So if you denied client, well, you still can use all of our services. And we also allow you to understand what, sorry, what you can do or what you need to do in order to become eligible for our capital. So avenues, what we are combining inside our, our super outfits and embedded finance approach where we are the, uh, the, the interface. So we are the payment system, we are the management system for the business, but we're also the lender. So we can allow you to understand and do different things. And now here you go, you're eligible. So you can borrow from us. And it also allows us, <coughs> sorry, allowing us to, to collaborate. <coughs> and we're collaborating with other lenders, such as banks, collaborate with, with other software companies where we embed our lending capabilities into them. So avenues is the, the way I see it is we like an octopus. We can, we can fit ourselves into very narrow holes with massive amount of, of, of capabilities. We can control different things from one center. So from payments to lending to wallet and bank accounts. And it's really exciting. We come to the, we come into work and we love what we do and we're really passionate about it. And it all started because we're super naive. We, 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 we looked on the agriculture industry here in Israel and we saw that it's like, cannot be. So it's such an important industry and, and no one is lending to and like farmers in Israel really struggle, but Israel is a very small country and what just, in the company for Israel, it's 
Israel is not big enough to to serve to serve the purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we looked on different markets, and we saw that Africa is like yeah, it's like there is an anomaly there. On one hand, agriculture is like third of the GDP. The other hand, banks barely fine. You have like banks portfolio goes to agriculture only like two percent out of the portfolio. We said cannot be solved with a new approach. We we applied to the textiles, Barclays Accelerator program, and we got in with a presentation. Basically, we were we were green as hell, but we took this opportunity and we we managed to sell to Barclays a pilot about Barclays Africa, raise money, build a company. We sold our software to banks for for the past for the next for this. For the first three, four years, but then we took the opportunity to become okay. a lender ourselves. So since 2022, we are, we are independently lending while collaborating with banks in the content. Awesome. And then why agriculture is so important? We all eat. <laughs> Eventually, if we want, if we want to continue and have this access to to healthy food and to allow women to food. We need agriculture. And 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 agriculture and arable men in the Western world is diminishing. We have less and less arable land. And in Africa you have like endless currently if you look in on, on the continent potential. And the way we see it, Africa also growing Rapidly by by 2030, if I'm not wrong, because I always comp- confuse between 2030 to 2050. But 2030, one out of five people will be African. It's a super young continent, growing oh, wow. super fast, and agriculture is currently 30 percent of it, and it's it can and it should be much bigger. So we believe that tapping in where we are now into this very big niche allow, will allow us to grow with the continent mm-hmm. to become a, a standard across the continent how, how agricultural is being financed, how businesses are being set, and eventually how commodity has been traded and moved across, across the supply chain. Yes, and I think like talking about impact, Avenues is like one of those fintechs that is actually having impact. It's not just, hey, let's build the super app. No, it is like you have the, well, you just explained, right? There is a big need. We all eat <laughs> as simple as that. And then the people working on the, on the food for us, they need to be better supported. So I love that from you. Thanks. Yeah, and really appreciate appreciate the compliment. What we're seeing eventually, and and we strongly believe about it, is that you should do good and you should create companies who do good, but eventually you should also Mm -hmm. earn very well. Yes. So while it's super important for us that our clients will make more money than us, and that they will go and we're walking in, in, in Africa, we have very good returns. We, we're creating very good returns on, on our capital. And, and 
and we growing very nicely. So from my perspective, it's this is the win-win synergy that market should have with, with company should have very good returns. You should do very good to the economy you're working in. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I'm like, well done. <laughs> yes. Well done. And congrats. Just expanding on agriculture. I was just curious, like you, you're from Israel, but you grew up in a kibbutz. Did that influence you and your decision of getting into, into agriculture or how did that influence even your leadership style? So this is, this is, it's my father answer. Like he heard me once say, answer it and tell me, listen, Shalom, you're like fourth generation farmers. And, and I, and here he is right. Like when my grandfather, grand grandfather came to Israel from everyone were like, were farmers. You needed to, this is what the profession. And when you grow up in a kibbutz, you need to, so a kibbutz is a social village. And you need to, when you're a kid, you need to donate one day of your week or work for the community. And kibbutz, majority of the businesses are agricultural related. So we have a, a milk dairy processing facilities. So you can go and work in the dairy industry. We have turkey chicken. We have different plantation from citrus, cross cotton, etc. We, so when I was a kid, this is what I did. I walked in the fields. I, I did the, the hard work in, in farming and agriculture. So it put, put it very close to my, to my heart. And when I got all there and we saw, we thought about what we should, what we should do and what, what problems we should solve. The moment we looked at agriculture it was immediate tick. So this is why agriculture is so close to my heart. I think you also asked like how the kibbutz influence my, my leadership skill. So again, you are very, because you're in a very close community. The, the way we grow up is that you can do whatever you want as a kid, but you need to do it. Like no one will plan it for you and execute it for you. You want to go to a two day trip? Fine. Do the research, understand your budget, uh, do all the shopping, plan everything. We'll be there with you. And give you the guidance and there would be an adult to, to assist, but eventually you as a kid, you need to, you need to do it. And I think early on, we had people who were the leaders there who, who need, who took them on, on themselves and like plan and execute. And I, and I was one of them. And, and I think it's really hard to lead a group of kids. So yeah. It's like you're one of them. You need to, and everything yeah. needs to be in order. You need to follow the rules. Um, you need, and you need to do everything. And, and so we did a lot of, we, we twisted quite a lot of the, the corners and we cut some corners and we, we didn't follow all the rules, but I think it really taught me on how to plan and execute properly because we did it, we did party. So we needed, we wanted to have like for a party for the entire region. 
we organize everything, the kids, including the security and the amount, like the price, every, everything was part of it. If you are like, I was in the front, so it's like really taught me on, on, on how to do it, how to motivate people, how to be able to, to lead from with an example, because again, you don't have any power beside the fact that you plan it and you go and you, mm-hmm. you go to execute it, but you're the kid, like everyone are the same kid. Yeah. Like you're everyone on the same level. No one yeah. like gave you uh, a degree and say, Hey, you are the in charge kid. No, you're the kid. Everyone are the kid. And I think leadership, cool. need to, leadership so, yeah, to come I... from, from, not from a power position. It need to come from, from a momentum, from, from, from an example that you, you set. Yes. Which other lesson that you, did you have when it comes to leadership? Cause it's a very interesting experience that you had that it's like you were leading other kids. It, you were a kid, but nobody told you you yeah, are the correct. kid. So I think what the, the main, the main lesson is that the like title doesn't do anything. You know, it's just like it, have any title you want. Eventually, if people will not follow you, the title was nothing. And you need to invest, create the, the environment for people to go and believe in you and to follow you. And a title, it's fine. It's nice, but it's just a title. Eventually, you need to be able to lead without anything. And you need to be one of, one of everyone needs fine you're the leader but there is no you can do everything and you are willing to do everything and you are doing everything and the fact that you're the leader doesn't give you any special rights hey i'm not doing this job because it's under my page or whatever no people see it people people react to it very badly so my main lesson is the title title is was nothing it's all, it's only about yourself and your, and who you are. Yeah. And I think what great, what you're giving us is a proper definition of leadership. It is not exactly, it's not a title of the highest paid in the company, fancy title names, but it's a, Hey, I'm with the people and I'm willing to do yeah, all the I, jobs. And like you say, people exactly. do notice have, it. You, your hands are there the same as everyone else. Yes. That's a. I think we need to bring that more to work, not even corporate, non-corporate, like just to work a little bit more of that leadership style. Yeah. I like that. So at some point you talked about solving problems, but then solving problems doesn't necessarily mean adding value. Can you expand on that and how you're using that with your product philosophy? Yes, hundred percent. You can, you can solve problems that there are problems. Our clients, one of their problems is that they, they manage themselves on a piece of paper. Fine. So you can say, Hey, I want to solve their problem. I want to digitize them, give them tools. And we, we tried it. Eventually they don't need for them. They don't need someone to solve their problem. They need someone to assist them, have a better cash understanding. So I think mm. 
when you look on someone's problem, you need to see what, like, what, what is the problem and what the value you want to bring. Because if you solve someone's problem, but there is no value for him, you didn't solve me anything. Like, hey, you give me a something, you give me a solution. It doesn't move the needle. Like, why I should use it? It doesn't give me the value I need. And I think look, what we're trying to do is to look on the, the value our clients need, understand why they're not getting this value from what they have, and see if we can give them this value through our solution. So I think it's a different way of looking on problems because problems, everyone has tons of problems. That they live with them. They don't need no one to solve them. They're these problems. You just don't need to. But we all seek for different value. Link the value to the problem and, and then link the value to the solution you want to bring and then see if there is like a, if you solve a problem that way, fine. But if you're just giving a value, it's also very good. Yeah, and I think this turns product management on its head because usually we say, hey, you have the customer, we need to find the customer problems and then how do they prioritize them? But actually, it's more, we are we can turn that around and say, what's the value that they need that they are not getting right now? Which is very different to which problems can we solve for them? It's minor tweak of words, I agree, but major because impact. eventually... You don't, you, you wake up in the morning as an entrepreneur to seize opportunities and like solving problems doesn't mean you seize opportunities. Creating value means that like you can, there's a price for this value. It's something you can get out of this value. And I think value link way better to opportunities that you want to see as an entrepreneur compared to problems that you want to solve because eventually to be honest, we're not a charity company. Like there is tons of problems. We're not here to solve problems. We are here to create value for our clients because we believe from, from this value we can earn and they can earn. Yes. And do you have a framework or a way of thinking in which you identify this value? So what we do in Avenues is that we always try to think about our client first. So, um, Let's, let's look on our loan products. We, we wanted to be as digitized as possible because it will make our lives easier. No paperwork. Everything can be plugged in, plugged out. We can analyze everything. Fine. But our clients, how we can move it, how we can move it to our clients, how we can mobilize to our clients. And then we, then. What we're trying to do is not think about ourselves, think about our clients first and then, and, and see if it ties to our benefit or not. And if you look on digitization, so all of our clients really want quick and easy onboarding process. They don't want to go into our branch, stay there the entire day, fill up papers. They don't want it for them. Value is like quick and easy and they can do it. So. While we understand that current problems that they have is that they need to go into a branch, fill up paperwork and understand it's fine. This is the, this is a problem they have and one of the issues of lending to the segment. But the value they want is 
be able to do things really quickly, understand, like easy in the palm of their hand. And this value also ties to our value, which for us also, if it's digitized, fast, easy, we can do it way quicker. We need less people to want it, to look at it, machines that we can do it. So this is, this is how we look at things, trying to understand the value for clients, see if there is synergy to the value we want to, if it's link, if we can link it to one of the values we want to get out of this product that we want to roll out, tie the two and then move it out. I like that. That's a good way of thinking. Because many times you have, hey, we're solving customer problems. That's, that's a very common phrase within the product world. Solving customer problems and then you have company problems and you, you need to tie them up or you compromise one for the other. But in your case, you're like, no, it's not about compromise. It's finding the value for both mm -hmm. parties. It's 100% a because eventually, if we can do things better, faster, easier, we can give more value to our clients. Our pricing can be, can be friendlier. Yeah, definitely. So coming back to Avenues and your culture, how would you describe your culture and how did you go about building it? I think, first of all, we, we really, when we interview people and when we bring people into Avenues, we look in, we have, uh, we try to find the DNA, like the Avenues DNA, which I believe most of the companies try to, to mm. do. For us, DNA should, should be someone who can, who can, we can see he is like purpose driven. He is not here for, for the paycheck, which is super important, no doubts. But eventually we try to see from where he walk from, from the heart or from the head. If they walk from the heart and they have all the skills and everything, we would prefer the people that walk from the heart, even if they have less skills or less degrees, because people that walk from the heart they will, they will be with you in the, in the hard time. They will not leave the company. They will, yes. they will, they will want to push the company as, as strong as you want to push the company because they're like, they, 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 what drive them is a, like an internal fire of, I want, I want to, it's important for me to do something that I relate to. It. It's something that excites. I'm not just, not like, Hey, I had, I have a nine to five job, hate it, but pay my bill fine. Great. If someone really want that this, this is how his day will look like. It's not an avenue's DNA, not, not what, what we want. So once we have it, and this is the base, then we speak, we, we operate from, from that, from we, we, we fuel this inner fire. We very direct. There is no filters. You did a good job. You get a well done. Something was wrong. You will know exactly what went wrong. But when we speak with you, we both speak from the, from the same position of inner flame. So when, when I'm excited, when I come to you and I like give you feedback, even if it's a hard feedback, you will not fear of me going to fire you because both of us with coming from the same place. So we both want to win. We both are angry that we lost. Now we need to fuel this energy to win next time. 
I think this is how we're creating this culture of we bunch of winners. We understand who sometimes lose. It's okay. We understand that. When we analyze our, our, why we lost, we do it with passion because it's important for us. When we go and create something, we do it with passion because it's important for us. When we speak with our team members and when we do our dailies, we do it with passion because we like excited from the day. Super important for me to reach the targets for the week. And we, and I think this mentality is something that, um, we really, we cherish, we, we, we succeed in building it with like people, no matter they rank within the company, they come to win. They come to like push avenues day after day. Hard, they hard at the job. Fine. They will come and do it hard time. They will come and paddle through and, 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 and win. And, and we, I think it's all about Finding the, um, the the people who are work from the same basics all have like inner flame, and they they come because they really want to they want to win they want to they want to do something important and they relate to avenues and and this is our culture eventually it's and it's amazing it's amazed me every time like I was in Kenya like last week. Or two weeks, you're coming to the office, like people are running in the stairs if they, if they lay. They run not because they are being afraid of being let go. They like, they need to be, they need to be in, in they want to be in the office because they need to hear the brief and they want to start the, the day and they're like, it's important for them. And then it's great, great. It's a great feeling to see the company that we've built. Yes, I can imagine because I even like the word that you use that they have the inner flame it's like the inner fire and that's if you manage to hire people with that then the company just keeps going 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 it's it's a it's a great principle i think especially as a founder once you there's companies that founders leave come go whatever but then it's a if you're still the founder then i think it's a great trait yeah, to keep within the us, company our company we speak in we it's ours. It's us. We win together. We lose mm. together. Yeah. And it's like full circle to from where we started that it's, I didn't know the conversation was going to be like, <laughs> hey, full circle. I start with, <laughs> with losing and winning and now we end with losing and winning. <laughs> it's been amazing. And I think I could speak with you like for another three to five hours. Where can we find you and Avenue? So I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. Stop having business cards. So I'm on LinkedIn. I think my my email is quite quite available. If you like to email me, it's also fine. I answer emails. I answer LinkedIn. So feel free to reach me out on one of the or two of the platforms. Awesome. And then just to close the conversation, we touched so many good points and. It's not technical fintech, but it's more like the wisdom behind fintech. If there was one thing in fintech that you would change, just one thing that you could change that could have the most impact in customers, staff, and shareholders, what would that? So, from a very humble, my from my very humble position, I think the value. I think fintechs need to have the same 
they need to aspire to sailor to think their value and their clients value. It cannot be that they're like mm-hmm. you you will win once your client will not pay you on time. Like you want the client will not pay you on time and this is your business model. It, it just it cannot be. I don't see it as a viable it's a viable business model. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's a great point. It's a win win. You need to be on this like, business models. Again, it's it should be it should think your value and the client value need to be on the same fundamental. Cannot cannot be that like your clients need to lose in order for you to win. I love that. Shalom. It's been amazing having you in the show. Yes, Monica, Thank I you really, so much. really enjoy the conversation. Everyone, Thank you so much great. for having me in your podcast. I'm really looking forward to hear to hear this conversation when it will be released. Likewise. Yes. Thank Bye you, then. everyone. See you next week. Okay, oh, that was really good. Monica, Thank I'm you. Really yeah, it was really good. Yes.